ಶ್ರೀ ಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತೀ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀ ಸದ್ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಸಮಸ್ತ ನಮಿ ಚಿನ್ಮಯ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟೆಡ್ ಈವನ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಗೆಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಫ್ರೀ 
Thus, superficially seeing, we find the goals are infinite in number. They vary from individual to individual, time to time, age to age. A few centuries ago, our children never asked for computer games. Now today, what type of desire or interest our children entertain is totally different from when we were children. Thus, time to time, age to age, season to season, our goal change and vary. But if you deeply probe into this phenomenon, you will find that there are certain goals are common. They are universal, they are basic goals. Not only basic, but they do not change from age to age, person to person. It was there a few centuries ago and it is there even now. Now, the question is, what are they? Our scriptures have classified them into three. Whatever that your goal is, maybe numerous goals are there, but all of them have. They have collected data and codified it and grouped them into three. One is security. All of us want security. I want to be secure in my life. The desire to secure in my life and the consequent desire for food, shelter, clothing, recreation, they are all universal. In the case of animal, it is instinctive, but when it comes to human being, it is very sophisticated. That is why we work for insurance. Every type of insurance is a version of our desire for security. In fact, the whole country economy is run on what? Insurance. Everything is insured. <coughs> I heard the one musician, he insured for his throat. And athlete also, they insure for their leg. So, whatever you say, car insurance, house insurance, health insurance, all these insurance is what? We are ensuring that we are secure. So, the desire for security is something that is eternal and fundamental. Second one is, I want to live a peaceful life, Shanti. Generally, people say, Swamiji, everything is there, but Shanti nahi. There is no Shanti. If they ask me also, if you can give me Shanti, I will buy it from you. Now you see, you can't buy Shanti. What we are seeking is, let me list what we are seeking, then we tell you the solution also. So, security and peace, these are the two fundamental goals of life.
Then the third one is desire for happiness. Desire for enjoyment or desire for fulfillment. Sukham, Ananda. So security, peace, Ananda, Sukha, happiness. These are the three goals in our life. Whatever be your stages of life, some people have different opinion about acquiring these goals or fulfilling these goals. Some people consider certain position and status will give security to them. So they get a higher position or they stand for election, they become minister, MP, or count, that here is different, right? So, <coughs> whatever it is, councilman, congressman, <coughs> ityadi, it doesn't matter. Whatever be that, what is he finally fundamentally seeking? That is his security. So, some consider people around me will make me secure. So, sometimes some individual, he comes here, he brings the whole community here. <laughs> Sometimes whole village comes here. They feel comfortable, they are secure. Then some people consider that <clears throat> if I have some good money, wealth or real estate, gold, share, job, that will make me secure. Means seeking security they vary, but finally, fundamentally, what are we seeking? Security. <laughs> I remember an example what Gurudev used to say. Second one is peace. Everybody seek peace. Two soldiers were talking, you know. One said, I am not married. And I love war, hence I joined the army. The other person said, I am married, I love peace, so I joined the army. <laughs> Think about it. So the concept of peace, I am not elaborating that, and I will get into trouble. <laughs> so therefore, different people seek peace in different ways. So therefore, these three fundamental goals of humanity, our scriptures have some comments to make. So one is security, another is peace, third one is happiness. Scriptures point out that all these three are available within ourselves. Three desperate needs are available within ourselves. Not only they are within you, but they are available only within you. That is the second condition. They are within, but only within you it is available. It means they are not available outside. Therefore, you seek them outside, all of them will elude you. The other day I went to somebody's house for vichat and this lady very <clears throat> devotedly served me 
a savior soup. With a spoon, of course. Now you take this semia in the soup, what happens? It slips <laughs> and falls again. It is, you know, slimy. So, however much you try, by the time you lift the spoon and open your mouth, it's already gone. <laughs> then I realized I am really in a soup. <laughs> Similarly, these goals that we see outside will delude you like our <laughs> semia soup. You think it is there, but it is not there. Therefore, searching outside is considered a misplaced search. And therefore, the intelligent search is to search where it is available. Now the question is, why do human beings commit such mistake? Scriptures point out that these three basic needs are available within, but they are hidden, covered like the treasure, covered under the ground. Remove the layers of covering and enjoy the eternal peace security and happiness, which is your birthright. This is the call of our Rishis. This is the teaching of our Mahatmas. Thus, this process is called discovery. Means removing the cover. Discover. What is covered within you is this eternal joy, the security and peace that you are seeking, it is already there. But it is covered with three things. One is called malam. Malam means impurity. Second one is called vikshebam. Vikshebam means extrovertedness, disturbance, outgoing tendency. Then, the third one is called Avaranam Ignorance. Malam means impurity. Impurities are in the form of sixfold enemies. Shat Ripus it is called. Kama, Krotha, Lopa, Moha, Madha, Matsarya. Kama means desire. Krotha means anger. Lopa means greed, Moha means delusion, Madha means arrogance, Matsarya means jealousy. <laughs> These are the shut reboots, it is that sixfold enemies. They are there in our mind, <laughs> always there. Some are predominant, some are not predominant, that is all. One of them will be always there. Then the second layer is called vichepa, mental restlessness, wandering of the mind. See, morning you get up till you go to sleep, mind is thinking about something or other. It catch one thought and then from that thought, another thought, from that another thought, it goes on. It never lands. <coughs> so this is the turbulent mind. 
like the water is turbulent you cannot see the bottom of the river same way if the mind is agitated worried anxious you will never see that peaceful self that is paramatma which is your nature third obstacle is ignorance i am the spring of ananda is not known to us now the scriptures say remove these three layers by appropriate sadhana spiritual practice to remove the obstacle now each one of them is called yoga yoga means that which unites the seeker with the goal yoga means yunchate anenaiti or yoga that which yoga connects now what is to be connected our point is security peace and happiness we have to use three yogas to retrieve the treasure hidden within us they are called number 1 karma yoga second is upasana yoga third one is jnana yoga karma yoga malanavrutti so all the impurities will be removed through karma yoga all these topic will be discussed in gita <coughs> elaborately one by one we will take up and second one is upasana yogena vikshepanavrutti upasana will give you chitta naischalyam steadiness of mind concentration etc you will gain through upasana upasana here means meditation the jnana yogena atyana navrutti through path of knowledge ignorance we be removed these three yogas do not bring me anything it is not that practicing this yoga something is going to be brought to you but connects me to my own treasure which is already there in the form of security peace and happiness karma yoga is a lifestyle with proper action and proper attitude any action which reduces our kama and krodha instead of increasing them is called karma yoga any action that removes your impurity in the mind is called proper action which gives you chitta shuddhi and proper attitude is the right understanding of the action and the results a healthy attitude towards action and the result help me grow spiritually this is karma yoga in brief we will see all these in the following chapters upasana yoga consists of different form of meditations this will help in quieting the mind a stress free mind most of the stresses are created by us some are 
according to the situation, but most of it are created by us. If you know how to handle this, you will have a stress-free life. You don't have to pay so much money and attend all those workshops, how to remove stress, all that. Bhagavad Gita gives you all that very freely, without charging you anything. <laughs> and Jnana Yoga, inquiry into my real nature. What is my real nature? This is called self-analysis. Atma Vichara. This will remove ignorance of my own self. If one go through these three yogas, you will be able to remove all three layers, which is covering your real nature. There is no option in this, no choice in this. Now, in order to help us to remove these three layers, our scriptures give guidance. Our scriptures are called Vedas. Vedas are the source book of knowledge. It was revealed to our Rishis. And the essence of all Vedas are in the Upanishads. And the essence of all Upanishads is Bhagavad Gita. So if you study Bhagavad Gita, it is equivalent to studying the entire scriptures. It is said that Devata, Brahmaji created all four Vedas and gave it to the Devatas to study. All the gods in the heavens, they are not used to sitting and studying. They are all partying people. <laughs> Always dance and music and party. And to those people, you tell them to study, it's very difficult. So they went back to Brahmaji, the creator said, Lord, we cannot study this, give us some shortcut. So, nowadays everybody wants everything fast, isn't it? So it started from them only. Now, then Brahmaji said, okay, he churned the Vedas and gave them Gayatri Mantra. 24 letters, tat sabiturvarenyam prago devasyati mahi dhyoyona prajodayat. Three lines. They went back, they tried to study, I mean practice that. That also they felt too much. Then again they came back and Bhagavan this time churned these three lines into and converted that into three vyahurdis. That also they felt too much. Think about it. <laughs> then Bhagavan gave them one letter mantra that is Omkara. So it is said if you lose the entire Vedas, but if you have Gayatri, you can retrieve the Vedas. If you don't have Gayatri, if you have three Vyahurdis, you can retrieve Vedas. They are also not there. If Omkara is there, you can retrieve Vedas. 
That is why explanation to Omkara Shabda, our one Upanishad is completely dedicated to that. Mandukya Upanishad, only twelve mantras, but the commentary for that twelve mantras runs in pages, three, four chapters are there. So, that essence of Upanishad, the teaching, the teaching in the Vedas are in the form of Upanishad. The last portion of Vedas is called Vedanta and essence of the Vedas is Bhagavad Gita. So, it looks like Vyasa Bhagavan knew that like the Devatas, we will not be able to study the entire Veda. So he has, with the help of, through the mouth of Bhagavan Krishna, taken the essence of the Vedas and given to us Sarvopanishado Gavo Dukta Gopalanandana Partho Vatsaha Sudhir Bhukta Duktam Gitam So this Bhagavad Gita is a dialogue between Lord Krishna and Arjuna. Parthaya Pradibodhidam Bhagavata Narayanena Swayam. So there is a Dhyana Shloka before starting Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is in the middle of Mahabharata. So therefore there cannot be any Dhyana Shlokas. So anything auspicious before you start, we pray to the Lord. So this prayer was added by Madhusudana Saraswati, one of the greatest Vedantis before Shankara. So Madhusudana Saraswati, some say he is after Shankara, some say he is before Shankara, all those opinions are there. So this Madhusudana Saraswati added this. It must be, it can be, Balsuvasanasuddhi can be after Shankara because in Shankaracharya's commentary of Bhagavad Gita, this Dhyana Sloka is not there. So it, it is added later. So that means Balsuvasanasuddhi is after Shankara. And it is said he was Samakaliga of Tulsidasji uh, also because Tulsidasji, when he wrote Ramayanam in Lokabhasha, the scholars did not accept them, but Madhusudana Saraswati commented <coughs> that it is a most beautiful work. So that means it is after Shankaracharya. So this, there are nine verses invoking Bhagavad Gita and through that nine verses what is given in Gita is also given. So what exactly the introduction to Bhagavad Gita is given through these Dhyana Slokas? We will see one or two, then we will get into the text proper. Because if I start taking the whole nine, then you will feel, you know, when are we going to start Gita? <laughs> so we will start, we will say only one verse, Parthaya Pradibodhitam Bhagavata Narayanena Swayam. So this Parthaya Pradibodhita, it was given to 
taught to Partha. So to understand the meaning of a verse, the total verse is Parthaya Paribodhidam Bhagavata Narayanena Swayam Vyasena Ghriditam Purana Munina Madhye Mahabharatam Advaidamadavarshinim Bhagavatim Ashtadashadhyayinim Ambatvam Anusantadami Bhagavatgite Bhavatveshinim So in order to get the meaning, we have to get the verb Anusantadami is the verb contemplate, meditate, constantly think of. Who I meditate on whom? Tom, you. Who is what? Amba, mother. No, Akhavad Gita is addressed as Amba, mother. Who is a mother? Whom do you call as mother? Mother is the one who is a symbol of love, affection. Spontaneous care. Mother is one who always prays for the welfare of her children. Even when you are in trouble, she will not let you down. Mother is a security zone. She is ever ready to console. She is not judgmental. She will forget hundreds of your faults. It is same with Vedas because with great compassion the Vedas take into account the need for human beings to achieve various things in life. It also talks about various means to achieve them. That's why it is said Putragamo Ijeda Putragamesti. If you are desired of a son, you perform this particular ritual. You will be blessed with the child, like the Sarada did. And if you want to go to heaven in Kadavanishat, it is said, Trinayatri Nachiketaha Yetnya. Nachiketa Yetnya, if you perform three times, don't ask me what it is, you have to go to a Karmagandhi and it, they will tell you. And three times you perform that ritual, you will reach heaven definitely. Or you want to become enlightened, then there are Upanishads. Therefore, the Vedas, known as Shruti, is given the status of a mother. And Gita says exactly what the Upanishad says. Therefore, Bhagavad Gita is looked upon as mother. In life, there are so many difficulties we face. When you go to Bhagavad Gita, she will console, guide, relieve your pain. So Mahatma Gandhi said, whenever he faced a problem, he would read Gita and find an answer and feel peace with it. So therefore it is said, Ambatvam Anusandhadami, O Mother, I invoke you, I meditate upon you. Anusandadami Bhagavad Gita. Now, for whose sake Gita is taught? It says Parthaya. The Gita was taught to Partha, Arjuna. Arjuna is called Partha because he is the son of Pratha. 
another name for kunti what is the meaning of partha pa plus artha partha pa means pati iti pa one who protects one who protects is parameshwara the lord artha means wealth for whom the lord alone is the highest wealth he is called partha to that partha bhagwan himself teaches parthaya pratibodhitam taught enlightened kida was taught to partha so you can say arjuna was the cause for the bhagavad gita nimitta karana by whom bhagavata narayanena swayam lord narayana himself ವಿಷ್ಣುನಾರಾಯಣ ನರಾಂ ಆಯನ ನರಸನ ಓ ನರಾಂ ಓ ನಾರಂ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಜೀವಾಸ್ ಜೀವಸ ಆಯನ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಗೋಲ್ಡ್ ದ ಗೋಲ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಜೀವಾಸ್ ಆರ್ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ನಾರಾಯಣ ಸಂಬಡಿ ಸರ್ Narayana is lying on the serpent in milky ocean, Shira Sagar. Milk is white in color, the color of Sattaguna is also white. When your heart is filled with Sattaguna, then Bhagavan Narayana is revealed in your heart. Now people ask this question, how much time Bhagavan Krishna took? See, Bhagavad Gita, 18 chapters, if you want to chant, simple chanting, it will take two and a half hours. You mean to say the entire army of Kauravas and Pandavas were stopped. Two and a half hours, they were all standing there. These are all military people, they are restless people. <laughs> how can you stop them and make them and this two and a half hours they patiently waited for them to finish their conversation is it practical it may not be because bhagwan gave say bhagwan has not given the gita in a verse form what you see here it must have been a simple conversation between krishna and arjuna and but that is why it is said here parthaya pratibodidam bhagavata narayanena swayam vyasena kridita so it is reported by bhagavan vyasa the reporter has got his own dehi alavans he can write in verse or he can elaborate certain points for the benefit of others all reporters do that war correspondence you read there their report you will see so many things something must have happened one minute but you read that in whole page <laughs> so the same way here also bhagwan vyasa vyasanat vyasaha means the one who has the capacity to elaborate a simple thing into manifold way purana munina purana means ancient muni means sage 
Purana Munina means one who wrote all Puranas, one meaning, or the ancient sage. And Madhye Mahabharatam in the middle of Mahabharata, epic. Now, all of you must have seen the Mahabharata serial, so I don't have to tell you the story. I hope I don't have to tell you the story. <laughs> Gita is like a pendant. Ratna, diamond shining in the middle of a beautiful chain. That beautiful chain in the background is Mahabharata and that beautiful diamond pendant is Bhagavad Gita. Now, it was taught in the middle of a battlefield. What a setting! God and man talking. Not an ordinary man, Arjuna is an incarnation, reincarnation of great sage Nara. And Bhagavan Krishna is an incarnation of Narayana. This great knowledge is not given to Arjuna, who was a great person, who was very dear to Bhagavan. Now, what is the subject matter of this Bhagavad Gita? Advaita Amrita Varshinim. Advaita plus Amrita plus Varshinim. Nectar is called Amritam. Generally comes only in drops, actually. Nectar is only one drop is enough for the entire <laughs> humanity. But here it is Varsha, it is a, it's a shower. Showered, nectar is showered here, Varshini Manas. And what type of Varsha, Amrita Varsha is? Advaita Amrita. Nectar of non-dual truth, vision of one truth. Who showers this Amrita? Bhagavati, Goddess Gita, showers this nectar of non-duality. Then Ashtadashadhyayani. Ashtadashadhyayani means 18 chapters. Bhagavan Vyasa used to like the number 18. It is that number 18 stands for victory numerologically. I heard in Jewish religion also 18 represents truth. Because 8 plus 1, 9. So 18 you write, 8 plus 1, 9. 9 you multiply into any number, it remains 9. It is a number of infinity. That's why Bhagavan Ramchandraji was born. Naomi did. <laughs> number 9, Bhagavan was born. So that is his number because he stands for infinitude. Bhagavan Krishna was born the number of Maya, art, number eight. Ashtami. You multiply that into any number, what happened? Eight becomes seven, seven becomes six, six becomes five, like that it goes, reduces. So that which come and go, I mean up and down it goes, that is Maya. Hmm. 
So Mahabharata war lasted for 18 days. Bhagavan Vyasa wrote 18 Puranas and Bhagavad Gita has got 18 chapters. And I heard that our, uh, the war between India and uh, Pakistan also lasted 18 days it seems. I don't know, somebody has to do some research. Someone told me. So 18 Atshavunis were there in the battlefield also. So 18 number seems to be very auspicious. If you are looking for a house next time, look for 18 number. <laughs> it's very auspicious. Our Bhagavan, Vyasa Bhagavan says, What does Gita do? Bhavadveshinim, destroyer of Bhava, Samsara. Dveshinim. So Dveshini means hates. Samsara puts an end to Samsara. Generally when we hate something, we want to put an end to it. So Bhavat Dveshini. So the first verse is, we salute Mother Gita by meditating upon her, by invoking her before we start our study. Also, we cannot think about Gita without thinking about Vyasa, Krishna and Arjuna, called Partha in this verse. So, Parthaya Pradipodidam Bhagavata Dharayanena Swayam Vyasena Kriditam Purana Unina Madhe Mahabharatam Atvaidam Radavashinim Bhagavati Ashtadashadhyayinim Ambatva Manusantadami Bhagavad Gita Bhavadveshini. So that gives you a tab. Now Mahabharata is the one that is to be because as we go along with this chapter of first chapter, most of the stories will come. As you mentioned, the name of the characters in this chapter, Duryodhana himself is going to introduce the characters. At that time, I will tell you the stories. <laughs> so otherwise, you know, you all know Mahavarada, but since it is going to come in the chapter itself, so I am resisting from narrating the story. Now somebody asks, why study Gita? Generally, people ask this question. And when our children, you know, Balaviyar children, we ask them to memorize Gita. Children don't ask questions, parents ask that question. <coughs> because they have to see the child is <laughs> learning. So our Gurudev used to tell a story. An old farmer lived on a farm in the mountains with his young grandson. Each morning, Grandpa was up early, sitting at the kitchen table, reading Bhagavad Gita. His grandson wanted to be just like him and tried to imitate him every way he could. One day the grandson asked, Grandpa, I tried to read the Bhagavad Gita just like you, but I don't understand it 
and what I do not understand, I forget as soon as I close the book. What good does reading the Bhagavad Gita do? The grandfather quietly turned from putting coal in the stove and replied, Take this coal basket down to the river and bring me back a basket of water. The boy did as he was told, but all the water leaked out before he got back to the house. The grandfather laughed and said, you will have to move a little faster next time. So he sent him back to the river, the basket to try again. This time the boy ran faster, but again the basket was empty before he returned home. Out of breath, he told his grandfather it was impossible to carry water in a basket. And then he went to get a bucket instead. The old man said, I don't want a bucket of water, I want a basket of water. <laughs> you are just not trying hard enough. And he went out to the door to watch the boy try again. At this point, the boy knew it is impossible, but he wanted to show his grandfather that even if he ran as fast as could, the water would leak out before he got back to the house. The boy again dipped the basket into the river and ran hard. When he reached his grandfather, the basket was again empty. Out of breath, he said, see, it is useless. The grandfather said, so you think it is useless. The old man said, look at the basket now. The boy looked at the basket and the first time realized that the basket was different. It had been transformed from a dirty old coal basket. Now it is clean inside out. Son, that is what happened when you read Bhagavad Gita. You might not understand or remember everything, but when you read it, you will be changed. Inside out, that is the work of Lord Krishna in our life. So this is a very beautiful example. <clears throat> Even if you don't understand in the beginning, doesn't matter. Expose yourself to the teaching. The Gita will do the work for you. <laughs> now, <clears throat> we'll start the text proper. I hope all of you have a book. If not, it is there in the bookstore there. I want you to have the book in your hand because this is an ongoing study, so the book will help you, audio-visual. Somebody can give them.
ಧೃತರಾಷ್ಟ್ರೋವಾಚ ಧರ್ಮಕ್ಷೇತ್ರೆ ಕುರುಕ್ಷೇತ್ರೆ ಸಮವೇತಾಯುತ್ಸವ ಕಾಂಡವಾಶ್ಚಮಕುರ್ವದ ಸಂಜಯ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ದ ವಾರ್ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟರ್ ಧೃತರಾಷ್ಟ್ರ ವಾಸ್ ಬ್ಲಾಯಿಂಟ್ physically blind mentally also blind blind represent ignorance and he was wedded to his wife gandhari she also tied herself blindfolded herself so ignorant jeeva wedded to a blindfold mind <laughs> naturally these are subjective mahabharata is not happening in the kurukshetra near delhi 150 miles away from delhi the kurukshetra is our own mind <laughs> subjectively ಆತ್ಮಾನಂ ಹೃದಿನಂ ಬಿತ್ತಿ ಶರೀರಂ ಹೃದಮೇವ ಬುದ್ಧಿಂ ಚ ಸಾರಥಿಂ ಬಿತ್ತಿ ಮನ ಪ್ರಗ್ರಹವೇವ ಗತೋಪನಿಷತ್ ಯಮರಾಸೇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬಾಡೀಸ್ ಚಾರಿಯಟ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಚಾರಿಯಟ್ ದ ಜೀವಾ ಆತ್ಮ ಈಸ್ ದಿ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಚಾರಿಯಟ್ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಚಾರಿಯಟ್ ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಈಸ್ ದ ಚಾರಿಟಿಯರ್ and senses are the horses the mind is a reins so that metaphor if you apply that to bhagavad gita you see arjuna is the master of the chariot lord krishna is the charioteer and the chariot is our own physical body so dhritarashtra represent ignorance gandhari is the mind and naturally a jeeva wedded to a blindfolded mind the children are born will be negative values all of them are dur yodhana difficult to conquer difficult to handle is a better meaning <laughs> so before the war started both of them pandavas and kauravas they were the first cousins pandavas had the rightful right over the kingdom yudhishthira was the first son elder son in the whole clan therefore he was supposed to be the king but duryodhana never wanted that particular <laughs> thing to happen 
So he tried to destroy Pandavas in many ways, but none of them succeeded. Finally the kingdom was divided into two and the prosperous country was taken by Duryodhana. The barren land were given to Pandavas. But because of Bhagavan's help, Pandavas were able to build a beautiful kingdom there. Indraprastha, a beautiful mansion and Yudhishthira performed Rajasuvi Yajna. Duryodhana saw the prosperity and <coughs> glory of Yudhishthira, he was jealous. He wanted to take that money also. So he devised a plan and with the help of his uncle Shakuni Mama, they challenged uh, for a dice game. And when a king challenges another king for a dice game, he cannot refuse. Yudhishthira being a righteous person, he accepted the invitation. Knowing that he will be cheated. <laughs> and so much so that he lost everything, including his wife, Draupadi. And to insult the Pandavas, and the lady, she was dragged into the court and tried to unrobe her. This was the height of insult, especially to a royal queen. With Bhagavan's help, she escaped that insult. Then the condition was that Pandava should go to the forest twelve years and one year they should live incognito. If you discover them, then they have to repeat that another twelve years. This was a condition. All the conditions were met with. When that thirteen years completed, when they came to claim their kingdom, Duryodhana refused. <laughs> By the time he has enjoyed the pleasure of having all, the whole country under his command. Negotiations were done, even Bhagavan himself went as a Shanti Dut. On behalf of Pandavas, he said, we will accept half the kingdom. Duryodhana said, nothing doing. <laughs> okay, five villages. No. Five houses. We have a housing problem. No way. One house with five rooms. No. Duryodhana said, if they are Kshatriyas, let them fight and take it. They should not beg like beggars. Then there was no question of avoiding the war. War became inevitable. And the day was declared 
for the war. Duryodhana was very confident <laughs> because with him Dronacharya, Bhishma Pitamaha, Kripacharya, these people were invincible in the battlefield. Nobody can defeat them. Not only that, Karna was also there with him. With that confidence, he challenged Pandavas. And before the war started, <coughs> Vyasa Bhagavan gave a visit to Dhritarashtra, the blind king. He said, such war is once in lifetime, not even one time, one in a century it may happen. So if you want to see, I can bless you with eyesight. Dhritarashtra refused because he knew in his heart his children will not win. He knew that it is not that Dhritarashtra did not know what is dharma or adharma, what is right and wrong, he knew. But he was helpless. In the hands of his, his weakness for his son <coughs> made him to accept whatever he asked, even though he knew. So therefore, the blind king refused. And then Vyasa Bhagavan said, okay, if you want to hear the report, I will bless your secretary, Sanjaya. He was a charioteer and a friend of the Dhritarashtra. So this blessing was given to Sanjaya. Sitting in the comfortable palace, he is able to see what is happening far away. And now you can understand that cable TV and all that, you know, it is possible. But this is much more than that. They can hear what they speak and what is going on in the mind, the emotions also they will be able to see. So Sanjaya was, Sanjaya was given this particular blessing, it's called Jnana Chakshu. Divya Chachu, divine pair of eyes. And it seems one reading is that Sanjaya went to the battlefield and he stayed there ten days. When Bhishma Vidamaha fell down in the battlefield, then he came to Hastinapura, came to Dhritarashtra, informed him that Bhishma Vidamaha has fallen. And it was very saddening to Dhritarashtra because he was totally dependent upon him for winning the war. And at that time he asked, Dhritarashtra asked Sanjaya, what happened in the battlefield? That's why the past tense is used here. Dharma Kshetre, Guru Kshetre, Samaveta, Yutsamaha, Mamaka, Pandavachaiva, Kim Akurvata Sanjaya. Akurvata. 
it is a past tense what did they do this used in past tense present tense should have been kurvanti what did they do so sanjaya kim what did the sons of pandu pandavas and mamakaha my people in the very question itself the division is shown <laughs> mamaka pandavaha panduvas none other than dhritarashtra's brother in fact dhritarashtra should have shown more love to pandavas because they are fatherless children <laughs> but instead of that he says my children and pandu children that shows he has mentally distanced himself from pandus pandavas samaveta assembled where in kurukshetra which is called dharmakshetra abode of dharma what for they have assembled yutsavah desiring to fight so what did the sons of pandu and also my people do when desirous to fight they assembled together on the holy plains of kurukshetra oh sanjaya this is a question samaveta yutsavah assembled to together desire to fight yuddham vichu mamahaha my people pandava sanna pandus now duryodhana was very keen for this fight the entire bharat was divided into two one pandava side another is kaurava side and pandavas had only seven achauvinis achauvini means one group there is a count there i will tell you later yeah count is one achauvini army consist of 21870 chariots chariot fighters okay then 21870 elephant soldiers 65610 horse and 19350 foot soldiers this constitute one achauvini like that they had 11 achauvinis kauravas and pandavas had only 7 achauvini now dhritarashtra was a very expert in psychological warfare See, war is one in many ways 
In fact, Dhritarashtra wanted to win the war before it starts. He was a great strategist. And he sent Sanjaya with a message to Pandavas before the war started, especially to Arjuna. Because you knew that Arjuna is the one that is going to make the difference in the war. If Arjuna is tackled, then everyone is tackled. So he sent a message with Sanjaya saying that, Arjuna, actually in this country, in our kingdom, there is no hope for righteousness, dharma. My children are adharmis, unrighteous people. And if dharma is to be prevailed, Pandavas are the one who is observing dharma, following dharma. And if dharma is to be maintained in this country, the hope is only Pandavas. Therefore, why fight with your own kith and kin and kill all these people and a roar of flood and blood flow in this country of our own people? If you being the noble people you will not enjoy killing and plundering. It would be better for you to retire to the forest and let these people rule the kingdom. <laughs> like this, he sent a message to Arjuna. Arjuna thought that at that time he did not accept that. But later on, the same words he uses. <laughs> See how it goes and rests in the psyche, in the subconscious of the person. This is called psychological war. <laughs> if Bhagavan was not there, it would have been very effective. <laughs> but luckily for Arjuna, Bhagavan was there. So that <clears throat> so Duryodhana means Duryodhana. Yodhana is that which can be fought. Dur means very difficult. This is our this Duryodhana stands for our ego, Ahankara which is very difficult to fight, to conquer. Our ego is that we ourselves cannot tolerate what to talk about others. If two people are fighting and if both of them hold on to their ego, there is no end. So ego is Duryodhana and he is the leader of the group. This is Kauravas. Look at Pandavas. Pandu means white. 
White means positive. Only five children, Yudhishthira, Bhima, Arjuna, Nakula and Sahadeva. The, word, the very word Yudhishthira means Yudhi, Sthira, he who is steady in war. And if you look at Yudhishthira's story, he was not a great warrior or anything. <laughs> but battle of life, he was Sthira. When it comes to making a decision of what is right and wrong, he was firm. He is always steady because his dharma, putra, son of righteousness, he is known for his integrity, honesty, sincerity. So therefore he is the first son. Second is Bhima. Bhima means fearless. That is the meaning. Arjuna means Straightforward, Rajusu Bhavatva Arjuna, straightforward. Then Nagula Sahadeva, both were great people. Now the fight is between the two positive and negative forces. Now to answer Dhridharashtra Sanjaya is narrating what happened in the battlefield. Now look, this is the only verse Dhrashtra uses in the whole Bhagavad Gita. Okay. Now there is also another thought is there that is Dhridharashtra. Dhritarashtra Shabda also, Dhrit means holding on to Rashtram kingdom. The one who holds on to kingship chair is one meaning of Dhritarashtra. So that Dhritarashtra asked this question now, Sanjaya. So when Dhritarashtra is asking the question, we are in the palace. But Sanjaya is answering, we are in the battlefield. <laughs> Sanjaya Uvacha Drishtva Dupandava Nikam Yudham Duryodhanastada Sanjay Vacha, Sanjay said, Tatha Tadatu, but then Pandava Anikam, army of the Pandavas, viewed him in battle formation. Drishtva, seeing Raja Duryodhana, the king Duryodhana. Sanjay is addressing Duryodhana as the king. Acharyam, the teacher Drona, Upasangamya, approaching. Vachanam, these words, Abhraveed. 
Now in the battlefield, Pandavas with their seven Atrohinis and Kauravas with their eleven Atrohinis were standing face to face each other. At that time, Duryodhana approaches his guru, Guruanacharya, and says these words. Now, Sanjaya calls Duryodhana as a king. It could be because calling Duryodhana as king will make Dhritarashtra happy, number one. <laughs> this is what Gurudev says. Or because even though Dhritarashtra sat on the throne as a king, it was Duryodhana who ruled the kingdom. Second reason. And Gurudev writes also, because Duryodhana started talking with kingly vanity and not with modesty and reverence of a humble disciple. That you know, should be showing to the teacher. So he is approaching his teacher. When he is approaching his teacher, he should be humble. But here he went like a king with all arrogance. Some commentators say Duryodhana became restless because he never thought that Pandavas will be able to summon at least seven Atravanis. His, his calculation was wrong because he thought that they have no support. They were 12, 13 years in the forest and they have no contact with the civilized world. So how could they be able to get so many people in their side. This was little unsettling to him. And the commander-in-chief on his side was Bhishma Pitamaha. Now think, he did not go to him. See, this is also very important. He should go to Bhishma Pitamaha, he is the commander-in-chief. He did not go to him. Why? Because he knew Bhishma would always fight with the king of Hastinapura, or it may be. So his sincerity and his commitment was assured when it comes to Bhishma, because he is uh, duty bound. He had a, he taken a vow that he will support the king who will sit on the throne. But. He was not sure of Dronacharya's feelings. Even though Dronacharya taught both Kauravas and Pandavas, he had special love towards Pandavas, especially Arjuna. He was his best disciple. Now he wanted to arouse ill will in Dronacharya's heart against Pandavas. One correct thing he did though, he did not summon Dronacharya out of his arrogance, but he went to Dronacharya. That is something good. So, Acharya Mosam Gamya Raja Vajanam Abhraveed. 
So our Gurudev says about Duryodhana's unsettled mind. He says when our motives are impure and our cause is unjust, however well equipped we may be, our mind feels restless and agitated and weak. Now what did Duryodhana say to Dronacharya? Let us read, I will tell you the meaning tomorrow. Pashyetam Pandu Putranam Acharya Mahatim Chamum Vyutham Drupada Putrena Vashishena Dhimata See, first verse itself is very interesting. Acharya, O teacher, Pashya, look, see. Now Duryodhana doesn't have to say it to the Dronacharya, look, he is already seeing it, you see. Because he is the master, he is the one who taught everybody. And to that teacher you don't have to say, look at these people, they don't have to say. That shows his foolishness. Etam, this Mahatim Chamum, great vast army of Panduputrena, the sons of Pandu, which is Vyutam, formed, led by Drubata Putrena, by the son of Drubata. Dhruvata Putrena, and he gives an additional qualification to Tava Shishena Thimata. You are a disciple, see, he is a taunt. <laughs> now there is a background to it, that is why. If the background is known, you understand what Dhruvata meant. <laughs> it is a little weakness is there, you touch that, you know. What do you call that? Button. <laughs> Duryodhana knew where to push the button. This is what he is doing. See, Drupada's son, Drupada's story I will tell you tomorrow. It's a long one. <laughs> Drupada's son, Dashtadyumna was created for killing Dronacharya. Because of their old fight. This Mahabharata is such an epic that there is no one character you can see completely 100% good or 100% bad. Even if you look at Dhritarashtra, you may think it is bad, but he is some good quality still there. Even Duryodhana also. Say in Ramayana, if you look at it, the characters are 100% good, 100% bad. And here you see a mixture of it. It is a direct replica of all of us. We have good and bad. Sumati, Kumati, Sapuke, Guru. 
Sumati, Kumatis, everybody's heart it is there. So now, you see, this Dishtatvimina was created to kill Dronacharya. And Dronacharya knew about it also. And this, look at this interesting thing. And Dhruvada sent the Dishtatvimina to learn archery from whom? Dronacharya. And he said, I am Dhruvada's son, you know, I have come seeking knowledge from you. As a teacher, he cannot refuse. He said, okay, I'll teach you. So that is why Dhruvada said, Tava Shishena, you are the disciple. Okay, we'll see the background story tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Yonamaha Hari While going out, be careful, sir. We put some salt and all that, but still careful.